Okay, uh, today's daf is daf Dalid, Baba Kama. We're in a new Masechet, and we pick up um, in the um, bottom of Gimel Amud Bet. And uh, our learning today should be in the Zuchus of the uh, Chayalim and Chayalot, that God should protect them and ensure that they're safe and the return, a speedy return of all of our captives and a speedy end to all of the uh, horror that we're in right now. Um, so we pick up in the middle of uh, Gimel Amud Bet, and we have just uh, said that the idea of that Rav Papa said on the Mishnah about the Avos Nezikin applies to Regel, applies to an animal that's walking, and we're talking about Chatzinezik Tzroros. So let's pick up with that, and then we'll uh, go back and sort of summarize um, uh, what we've really been saying until now, because really the opening, these opening to Daf have been an introduction to Arba Avos Nezikin. But um, through the question that Rav Papa, or through the, uh, the question that the Gemara asked about whether the Tolados are Kiyotza Behen, are the derivatives of the Av like them or not like them? And Rav Papa said, um, you know, that there are th- those that are like them and those are not like them. And we've identified that the one case where the Tolda is not like it is the Chatzin Nezik Tzroros. So let's pick up with that. Um, so the Chi Kama Rav Papa so this is right across from the Tosos Lepotro. It's about uh, a little more than halfway down on Gimel Amud Bet. When did Rav Papa say that Toldosayim were lav kiyotze behen, that there were some Toldos that were not like the Av? That was the Tolda of Regel. Regel says Gemara, how came the Tolda of Regel to Regel? We said uh, that we, we, you know, we had discussions, what are the Tolda of Regel? Whether it's walking on something, that's the Av of Regel, or whether it's uh, hitting something with its body as it's walking, or with its tail, um, and all of that the, it was the same basic Characteristic that it um, it was you know that it did something it was not kavanasolahazik and it did it derchilucho as it was walking and you paid a full uh, full nezek so where is it lav kiyotze behen so the gemara says bechatzin nezek troros it's talking about that you only pay half damages when it's through the pebbles that it's kicking as it's walking and that is a halach uh, a, a tradition hilchasagimirila which is generally understood to be halach lemoshe misinai okay that you only pay half. So that's, it's regal because as the animal is walking, it is, and not intending to do damage incidental to its walking, it's destroying. But it's not destroying with its body or things attached to its body, it's destroying with its koach, um, where with something that was propelled because of the animal by the stones that were kicked up. And it was also its incidental koach, which makes it less connected to the animal. So the halach l'mosh misinai about this, this is called chatzinezek troros, is that on the one hand, it is like regal because it's part of the animal's walking. On the other hand, not only is it not physically the animal, it's not so connected to the animal. It happened as something that it propelled incidentally. It's like what we would call if it was a human being, mitasek. So how much are the pebbles really connected to the animal altogether, so because of that less direct connection, it's only paying half damage. But my Kyle told her the regel. So why is it called Tolda de Regel? Now, obviously, it's Tolda de Regel because it's, that's the way it's damaging. But Tosa says, why doesn't it, um, you know, but the Gemara is also maybe asking why doesn't it have a name for itself? Or also, um, in what way is the halacha similar, you know, to that of a Regel? Lushali mean haliyah that it is not like another type of half damage. A classic half damage is that of a keren, of an ox that is goring, that pays half damages. But that, the payment is only comes from the body of the animal itself. That's, you know, migufo. This is that it pays from aliyah, from the best of property, meaning that you, although you're only paying half damages, you are paying it out of pocket, not from the body of the mazik. So in that way, it is similar to regel. Okay, so the Gemara says, but Rava asked the question, 
Rava, Rava asked, Because you're paying half like Karen, maybe it should be like Karen that it only comes from the body of the animal. So according to Rava, it maybe it's very similar to Karen. If you pay half and it's from the body of the animal, in what way is it similar to Regel? So the Gemara says, yeah, you're right. Rav Papa, Rava is not certain about that. Rav Papa is. So for Rav Papa, it's clear that it's a total de regel because even though it's half, it's still very much anchored in the uh, payment of regel that you pay from the aliyah, not from the body of the animal. And also the damage is a regel type of a damage. So the Gemara says, So for Rava that had the question, why was it called total de regel? Meaning if you have both that it's half and it might actually come from the animal itself, from the body of the animal, the value of the animal itself. And if the animal itself is not worth half the damages, then the damaged party is is out being fully compensated or half compensated, right? That's the idea of migufo. So according to Rav, it has those two qualities that are like Karen. Number one, it's only half. And B, it's not directly out of the bank account of the mazik, but only from the body of the animal. So those two are very much like Karen. So why is it being called regel? Or as I'm going to say, in what halachic way is it like regel, even though that's the way that it damaged, was a, a regel type of damage? So the Gemara says, the potra issues to to tell you that you're exempt in Rishut HaRabim, because this is one of the major differences between Regal and Karen. Karen, where the animal is intentionally damaging, it doesn't matter if it does it in the public domain, because, you know, it's not, that's a fundamentally um, in, unacceptable to be doing an act of uh, intentional damage in the public domain, and an owner has a responsibility to make sure the animal does not do that. So whether the my animal gores yours in the public domain or goes into your property and gores yours, I'm chayiv. Karen is chayiv everywhere, whereas Regal, Shane and Regal, actually, um, because it would be impossible, it would be an undue burden to say that as I'm walking with my animal in the public domain, it's my responsibility to make sure it doesn't bump into anything or eat from some, you know, fruit that's uh, in the middle of the road, right? Because since that's just a normal way the animal is acting, that would be seen as an undue responsibility. So actually, in order to make life livable, we have to allow that the owners are not responsible in the public domain for Shane and Regal, but actually, you know, the uh, damaged party just has to accept that loss. Another way, uh, and, and they have to be the one that are responsible to make sure, they have to protect their stuff to make sure that all of the animals that are walking back and forth aren't bumping into their things. That's for them to watch out, not the owners of the animal. Another way of framing this which really two sides of a coin, is to say that that's a case of pshiatanizak, of the negligence of the one that is damaged. Since there are so many animals walking in with Harabim, if, if my animal goes ahead and bumps into your thing, that's your, your negligence that you let it happen. That's not my negligence, it's your negligence. Now, of course, whose negligence it is is really a function of who has the duty to watch. Do I have the duty to watch my animal? Do you have the duty to watch your objects? So those are really like two sides of the same coin. But either way, Shane and Regal is exempt in Rishit HaRabim, and here we are saying that the same is true by Chatzinezek Tzroros. So not only is the damaging the way of Regel, that it's through natural walking, not Kavanah Solahazik, etc., but even if the payment is half and it's from the body, fundamentally it is still regel because it is exempt in Rishat Tarabim, which follows the logic of regel. Tosos also points out that the reason we know that that's true, you know, even once we said half, which could be pulling us to the Karen category, is that we are being more lenient by Chati Nezek Tzoros. So we obviously, right, you're not paying full, you're only paying half, so I'm obviously not going to be stricter on you and make you liable in Rishat Tarabim. The whole idea of half is making it more lenient, so the exemption of Rishat Tarabim still applies to Chati Nezek Tzoros.
Torahs. Fine. So with that, we have concluded that there's one example of Tovoseh not Kiyotze Behen, uh, which is this case of, of a regel walking indirectly, kicking up stones, breaking something, and that is like regel because it's the way it's damaged, it's a told of regel, it's exempt in Rishos Harabim like regel, but it's not Kiyotze Behen that you only pay half. Now, before we continue, what we should point out is that what the Gemara did in this opening sugya, and this sometimes happens in opening sugyot, which are uh, often understood as savarayak, where the, the, it introduced a question, which was not necessarily the most pressing of questions, todosen, kiyotze ben, or not kiyotze ben, whether the todos are like them or not like them. I mean, we would obviously assume they were, and as we see, we really stretch to find one that wasn't. Um, and as a result of that question, it allowed us, gave us the excuse to give a certain survey of everything we're going to be seeing. And in the last two what we've done is that we've introduced, we've, you know, all of the Torah sources for the categories, for, you know, the Avos Nezikim, and we've discussed what their conceptual logic is. Uh, we haven't exactly, until we got here to discussing half or full, or which is or not, we haven't discussed fully what their dinim are, but we've con- described what their conceptual category is. So what the Mishnah opened with Shur, right? So Shur we discussed Karen, Shane, and Regal, the three parts of Shur, and we discussed the psukim that they were all based on, you know, where it's, uh, Karen is explicit, Regal, Shane, and Regal, Vishilach, Bi'ira, and so on. Um, and we said that conceptually, that was not exactly which part of the body it's using, but conceptually, Karen is Kavanaso Lahazik, Regal is, you know, um, um, Regal is, um, is, uh, is um, that it's, what the Gemara calls Hezeko Matsui, it's, um, you know, the damage is prevalent because it's sort of, but what it really is, it's sort of like Derech would be maybe a more exact, precise way to say what, what Regel is, something that is likely to damage or it's as it's just in its normal act of walking and it's ain't of Hazik. Shane is Hana'ala Hezeka, that it gets benefit directly through the damage that it is doing. Um, so it, it's Kavana is the, not Lahazik, but Kavana is for its own Hana'a. So those are the, those conceptual three categories. Um, and, um, and then we discuss cases where it would not be, you know, using the tooth or using the leg, etc., or using the horn, but it's conceptually about Kavana Salahazik, Hezeka Matzoi slash Derechilucha, or, or Hana'ala Hezeka. Um, interesting question, what happens if it has multiple of those. We'll, we'll, we'll bracket that for now. Um, then that's so hashur. Then we don't discuss the boar. You know, boar was what the Gemara calls tchilas asiyaso lenezek. From its very beginning, it was a something, it was a danger. It was something that um, could cause damage. It was a hazard. Okay, so that's like a boar that's very weighty um, idea that it could, ha- could cause hazard. We also discussed a boar for misa and a boar for nezek, two types of boar, right? So that's sure boar. Mave, we discussed either that was you know, um, Shane, or it, which we'll see it discussed in a minute, or is Adam. Adam we really didn't elaborate on, but Adam is Mu'ad La'olam. And then we did Hever, and then we did Age, right? And Age was, and what the Gemara says, Koach Achim Urevba, that another energy was mixed up into it, um, and also something that damages, like Derech Yilucha as it's spreading. <clears throat> and that is the conceptual category of age. So we have now defined the sources of these psukim and their conceptual definitions and understanding. The other thing that is worth saying before we continue on is when the Gemara said, you know, the toldos should be kiyotze behen, and it went back to the line in the Mishnah about why you should be chayev, the repeating line in the Gemara all the time was, you know, umamon chavish mirasan alecha. It says, you know, Karen is Kavanasa Lahazik, 
Umamon chavish mi rasan alecha. Eish is korachachem be'urabo, umamon chavish mi rasan alecha. So that idea that we're dealing, that the fundamental conceptual idea of why you're chayiv when your property damages, you know, which is the tzad hashave of the Mishnah, the Mishnah said, you know, that tzad hashave shebehen, our Mishnah says, is, tzad hashave shebehen, shedarkon lahazik, ushmi rasan alecha. But when the Gemara summarized it, it's, you know, it's replaced dark and lahazik with the specific characteristic of each one, kavanasu lahazik, hanal hezeka, being more specific, that was the, what was unique to each category. But, it didn't, but then it didn't just say shmiras alecha, it also said umamoncha, it's your property. But the question is, is this really all about being your property? You know, is bore, if you dig it in a public domain, is that about it being your property? Is a fire about being your property? And the answer is, maybe. Right? And that's going to be a central question that we're going to be dealing with. How much is the obligation of the Avos Nezikin, because it's your property that the damage, and then we're going to have to conceptualize a fire that you made is like you own it, even if, you know, it was some, I don't know, a fire that you lit somebody else's fire on somebody else's thing, still, if you're the one causing it spread, it's like it's your fire, conceptually, it's your property. A bore that you dug, a pit that you dug, is like you own it. Is there a conceptual idea of it being your property? Is that central to the obligation? And the fact that the Gemara, we have consistently repeated the word mamoncha, which could reflect the idea that that was its girsa in the Mishnah, mamoncha, that gets to that important question. Tosos along the way raises whether we should have the girsa mamoncha or not. Okay, so that's what we've done so far. We've introduced all the avos nezikin, what is their psukim, what is their conceptual definition, and we've also interestingly used the word mamoncha, which indicates that that might have been in the Mishnah, and that that might be also central to the idea of why you're chaya. Now we go to look at the Mishnah about these phrase mav'eh. Mav'eh and hever, hever we know is fire, but what is this mav'eh, that mysterious uh, phrase in the Mishnah? So we're now about 20 lines from the bottom on Gimel Amud Bet. My Mave, what is Mave? Rav Amar Mave Ze Adam. It's a person, right? That was missing from the Mishnah. V'shmuel Amar Mave Ze Hashem. It is the tooth. Okay. Rav Amar Mave Ze Adam. Dixiv Amar Shomer Asaboker V'gam Laila In Tiva'ayun Ba'ayu. Which is, um, um, you know, the, uh, the watchman says the morning has come and even Laila, if you will inquire, inquire. So that refers to a human being that inquires. So that's, you know, that's, that, that, that's a very human quality. V'shmul amar mavizeh Hashem. No, mava means the tooth. How has Esav been searched out? How has his hidden places been revealed? So somehow that the, uh, that the tooth is something that is, you know, when your mouth is open or whatever, sometimes revealed, sometimes covered. My mashma, where do you get that from the Pasuk? In Metagam Rev Yosef, like Rev Yosef would provide the Aramaic translation. How has Esav been searched out? His hidden place has been revealed. Okay, for Rav, my time alone, my Shmuel. Now, why did Rav not like say not like say, not say like Shmuel? So first, we're just going to focus on the whether the what the word you know uh, grammatically suggests. If it was about the tooth, it should have said nive the thing that is revealed. Mave means the thing that does the revealing. Um, why did Shmuel not like say like Rav? He did not say boe, which means to inquire. It says mave. So, Michti. So now the Gemara says, fine, look, I mean, Mave is a hard fit to either of these Psukim. Michti, Kra, Lo Kemardaik, Lo Kemardaik. The Pasuk doesn't really fit well either explanation, or it doesn't sort of come down decisively on one. Rav, my time, Lama Kishmuel. Let's get back to the real reason why Rav did not say like Shmuel. Uh, why not read the Pasuk to talk about a tooth? 
Not the pasuk the Mishnah. Tanav shor v'chomilida shor. Because once it says shor, right, that's uh, all inclusive, and that's sort of how the Gemara structured itself. It started with Karen, you know, Karen Shane and Regel to going through the Mishnah of shor. So shor includes all the types of damages of shor. Mava must be something else. Um, so Shmuel doesn't it say sure? Doesn't that include Karen Shane and Regel? So no. Shmuel understood that sure, like the paradigmatic ox, when you think about the ox, you know, there's so many cases in the Torah about an ox, you think about an ox goring. I mean, actually, Shane and Regel are very uh, you know, not explicit in the Psukim. So sure means Karen. And um, and therefore what you're left with Mavet to mean is Shane. All right, and this is how to read it. Now that will be great, you know, if we think that it means Shane and Regal, because Shane and Regal are pretty similar. They learn from the same pasuk. They're exempt in Rishas Rabim. They're the natural act of the animal. So, um, but we'll have we'll, we'll see in a minute that you know whether we can read it to be Shane Regal or just Shane. But for now, sure is Karen and Mave is Shane. Now, here's how you read the Mishnah, right? Because the Mishnah, remember, compares Shur and Mavin, says they're not similar to one another, but they have the common denominator that they're Ruachayim, a live thing. So that works for Rav, you know, an animal and an ox are not similar, but they're both live. And it works for Shmuel, a, a Goring and a Shane are, are not exactly similar, but they're both a live animal. But now we're going to just drill down and explain in what ways are, what is the strength of one and the strength of the other in terms of Karen and versus Shane for Shmuel. Here's how you read the Mishnah. The uh, characteristic of Karen that you're chayev is um, is not similar to that of the of Shane because Karen um, does you don't have benefit from you know it, it's not deriving benefit when it gores so that's why it's chayev and that's not similar to Shane that is deriving benefit. Now, uh, we'll see in a minute, below Rea Shane and top of Dalam and Aleph, the characteristic of Shane, isn't intending to damage. That's not is not like Karen that is intending to damage. Now, the funny thing with this is, which the Gemara about is exactly asks, is that when we say and this quality is X, we're saying this is the reason why it's Chayev, and therefore you might not be Chayev in the other case. So the Gemara got it reversed. It should have said that Reya Karen is is Kavanasa Lahazik, and that's why you're Chayev, and therefore you could not necessarily have assumed Shane that isn't intending to damage. And then the reverse, Reha Shane that is Chayev is because it gets it, there's Hanalazeko. Is because there's Hanalazeko, and that's and that's why you're Chayev because it gets benefit, and that's not like Karen that there's not Hanalazeko. So you know the idea of comparing them and pointing out these differences of getting what one has benefit and one is intending to damage makes a lot of sense. But the Gemara got reversed the way it should have said it, which is what the Gemara right now challenges. So the Gemara says Vlav Kavachomehi. The Gemara says one minute. The the you know it's a Kavachome that you should be Chayev based on the way you framed it. If you're going to say, oh, Shane ain't Kavanasolahazik. Well, if that's, if you're Chayev, even if ain't Kavanasolahazik, if you're starting with that quality of Shane, even though it's not intending to damage, 
Certainly you should be chayiv by Karen that you are intending to damage. So basically the says, yes, you got the points correct. One is Kavanas al-Hazik and one is on Al-Azeko, but you said it in the reverse way. You should, you know, what do you mean? Oh, well, if you're chayiv by Shane, that's not Kavanas al-Hazik. You don't know that you'd be chayiv by Karen that is Kavanas al-Hazik. Of course you should be chayiv by Karen that's Kavanas al-Hazik. So the Gemara is not yet ready to reverse itself. It will reverse itself in a minute. But first it tries to defend this position. So the Gemara says, no, it's trech. No, no, no. I would not have assumed, even though Yechayev by, by Shane, which is in Kavanas al-Hazik, I would have thought maybe by Karen that's Kavanas al-Hazik, you actually would be exempt. Why? Like what happens when your servants go out and damage. Okay, that when your servants go out and damage, you actually, as the owner, are exempt, even if they're willfully damaging. By your servants, even if, although they damage, even nevertheless, you're still exempt, and we'll see why in a minute. So therefore, when somebody something is intentionally damaging, maybe it's a reason to be exempt. So actually, you could have said it that way. Shane, you're chayev, because it's not intentionally damaging. I wouldn't have known that you would be chayev by Karen, which is intentionally damaging. Hachanami loshna, and that's why, that's the low rei of the Mishnah. The Mishnah had to say, the Torah had to say both Shane and Karen, just because you're chayev by Shane doesn't mean you're chayev by Karen. Right now, the way we're reading it is that Karen actually, maybe you would be exempt because it's intentionally damaging. Okay, now, let's try to understand what, uh, w- what the logic is by the servants and see if that's relevant, the slaves, and see if that's relevant by the Karen. So the Gemara says, Amar Vashi, Atu, Eved Vama, Lav, Taim, Arabi, Yispu, by the case of the servants why you're exempt, isn't there a really, really good reason that they're exempt there and it's not relevant to Karen? What's the good reason you're exempt there? It's a Mishnah that says that you're exempt when your slaves damage says the reason you're exempt is because the because if you'd be chayev, then then when their master got you know their owner made them really angry at them they would go ahead and destroy you know burn up down somebody's house and force their master to be liable and pay so therefore we had to exempt their master in that case um, and that's why you're exempt and that's so the reason the master is exempt when his slaves damage actually is you know um, it, it was a necessary uh, ruling to exempt the master but it's unique to the slaves that have real will and, you know, and intention, not just intention to damage, but real, like, will. Um, and they might be doing this, you know, in order to get back at their master. But it's generally not a reason to be exempt. Generally, if Karen is Kavanas al-Hazik, you should be, all the more so, you should be Chayev. Um, so, El Aparachachi, the says, fine, fine, you're right, you're right, you're right. We got, we, 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 we did it in the reverse. Here's how it should read. Reverse what we said before. You start with the strong point, not the weak point. The power of the Karen is Kavanas al-Hazik. And that's maybe why you're Chayv. And therefore, I could not have assumed Shane, which is not Kavanas al-Hazik. And there, but and the same in the reverse. If the Torah just said Shane, that's because it's getting benefit, and I would not necessarily have learned Rega, uh, have learned have learned Karen that it's not getting benefit, and that's why the Torah had to say both. So that's the low reha, you know, low reha shor kareh mavev, low reha mavek shor, and because each one of them has a strong point, and they're you know, and and 
And the Tzadah is that they are Ruach Chayim, and then that's how the Mishnah proceeds. So that's how you would read the Mishnah like Shmuel. It's talking about Shane and Karen, and each one has a strong point, um, and that you could, and therefore you needed both. Now, it's interesting, it's not exploring how to read the Mishnah like Rav. You know, what, what would be the strong point of Shur as opposed to Adam Hamazik, if a person is doing it themselves, you know, although it could be that Adam maybe is Chayiv even in the case of Anas, even when he's unaware, and so on. But the Gemara is not exploring the reading for Rav. For the reading for Shmuel, that's how you read the Mishnah. Now, before we go on, to, now the Gemara is about now to ask, now we've read the Rishnah according to Rav, it's, you know, Mav is Adam, it starts Adam, then all the part, and Shur, which includes Shane, Karen, and Regel, or according to Shmuel, Shur is Karen, that's paradigmatic Shur, and Mav is Shane, and we're going to discuss in a minute what happened to Regel. Um, it's worth, though, pausing to say two points. One is that the um, idea of Shemi Yakni Rabo, the way we've read it, it's sort of like a, you know, a necessary way for the structure of society. We have to go ahead and give the master a pass when his servants damage. Um, of course, you know, that could be a problem the other way, that the master could be irresponsible and so on. But it could be read differently. It could be read that it's getting deeper down into this kavanah and really more of a question of will, and which is saying that there's no way, you know, when you're dealing with human beings, every, human beings are responsible for themselves. You can't be make another human being responsible for the acts, uh, you know, a master responsible for the acts of their slave, because the slaves are people and humans onto themselves, and therefore they're the ones that are primarily responsible for their act, and you cannot shift that responsibility to the master. So that's one way of understanding what it means, shemiyakni tenarabo. That's, that's just one point. The other point that's really worth mentioning is that Tosus tries to defend the Gemara's Havamina of saying that, you know, maybe you'd be more chayev by a, um, a shame that is not Kavanah Not for the reason of the Gemara, but because if it's not Kavanah then it's um, you're not such a um, risk and it's easier to watch. And therefore, if it goes out and damages, um, you know, you're more poshea, you're more negligent. So even though the animal is doing less of a, you know, of a like a, a, what we would call a intentionally damaging act, looked from the perspective of the animal, from the perspective of the owner, maybe there's more liability because there's greater responsibility on the owner, you know, because it's so easy to watch. And if you're not watching, then there's more negligence. The reason I bring this up is because this gets us, you know, to a core question of how you conceptualize the responsibility of Maman Hamazik. How much is it that you focus on the act being done by the animal, you know, or by the fire, by the whatever? Obviously, negligence is a requirement, but fundamentally, we start with the fact that this, you know, animal gored, right? So this was a damaging act. In that perspective, Kavanah Salahazik makes it worse, right? Or do we focus primarily on you're liable because you were negligent, and who cares how bad the animal was? It's about your negligence that led to the animal the damage. This is just an animal. And therefore, maybe maybe your negligence is less. So very interesting to think about. Are we focusing on the, on the act of damage and the ash and the shore and the Karen and the chain and all of that, which the Gemara seems to be? Or where does the focus and the, um, and, you know, of negligence and how central is that? You know, that's the important question that Tosis asks. Okay, now we continue in the Gemara. Uh, the Gemara says, Verego my Shire? So what happened to Regel? You have Karen and Shane, according to Shmuel. That's a very nice read of the Mishnah. But you're, what, what are you doing with Regel? You're leaving it off? 
So the Gemara says, Kishihizik, Chavamazik, Lasui, Regel. No, there's another, another Mishnah that's going to say a rule of Kishihizik, Chavamazik, which the Gemara is going to say, you know, when it damages, the Mazik is Chayev, comes to include Regel. So the Gemara says, okay, so we did get it, but Lasui, Regel, Lisnai, Behedya, but why not put it in the first Mishnah, which is the core Avos Nazikin? Now, this is really a shame based on this. The Gemara is going to reject this read, which is such a beautiful read to think that Shur represents Karen and Mave represents, you know, Shane. The Gemara now, because of this question, where is Regel, is going to reject that and say Shur is Regel and Mave is Shane. Um, the, you know, because it could have kept this read and just said Shane and Regal are essentially the same. They learn from the same pasta. They have all the same halachot. Shane and Regal are always treated exactly the same. But the Gemara doesn't do that. Because of this question of what happened to Regal, we're now going to have a different read of the Mishnah according to Shmuel. So the Gemara says like this. Um, what was Ella Amarava, rather Rava said, Tanashur Raglo Umavilishino. Fine. Take Karen out. And we're bothered where, what happened to Regel. So sure now doesn't mean Karen. Sure means Shane. So sure means Regel, excuse me, which makes a certain amount of sense. You know, if you think about an ox, like just means the normal movement of an ox is it's Regel. So Umave is Shane based on the Pasuk. So now we have Regel and Shane in the Mishnah and we're dropping Karen. So the Kamar. And now we have to explain what the strength of each one is. Regal strength that it is very prevalent, the propensity to damage. It's just as it's walking. That makes sense, like your chayv. You could not have learned out chain that does not have that degree of propensity. And the quality of shame that it gets benefit when it eats, um, is, which is more of a reason to be chayv. It's more directly connected to the damage and responsible for the damage. We could see that, and it's intentional. Um, so if you had one, you could have learned out the other. Each one has a strength. Regal is the propensity. Shane is the hana, the benefit. And therefore, the Torah had to say both. And that's the low reze of the Mishnah. Okay, so now the Gemara says, but Karen, my, she erased. So now we're back to the question. So what happened to Karen? Now, we're, like we said before, the next Mishnah that says, oh, when the thing damages, it's Chayev, that's a general rule, that includes Karen. But now we have an answer why Karen wasn't included in the main Mishnah. Why not say Karen explicitly in the first Mishnah? Ah, so we are dealing with things that are muad from the very outset, that you pay full amount. Karen, as we know, which is intentional damage, you only pay half amount from the beginning. So now, for the way Shmuel has read, by cutting out Karen, making sure meaning Regel, we have that the first Mishnah has all these things which are mamna mazik, shein, Regel, Shbor, and Eish, and has excluded Adam and excluded Karen. So it's a very tight, coherent Mishnah that it's only things that are mamanamazic and only things that are muad from the very beginning. And by the way, that allows a conceptual possibility that Karen is like chayv at a different type of a way. Because remember, Karen is only half, it might be knas, there might not be so much negligence by Karen. So conceptually, Karen and Adam could be very distinct categories from the four in the Mishnah, according to Shmuel. Now we're going to go back and look at Rav. Vishmuel, my time, Elohim, Karav. Why, what, so what was the, that was, Shmuel had to defend his read if, you know, why does ensure all aspects of Shur? And he explains, Shur is Regel and Mav is Shane. Now, Rav, who said Shur means all Shur, Karen, Shane, and Regel, what's the weakness of his read in the Mishnah? Vishmuel, my time, Elohim, Karav. 
If you think that Mava means a human, there's a, a, a later mission that lists the things that are, that are, you always pay full amount, and it says a shorha muad, like if, uh, t- uh, if there's Karen, if it's Karen, but it's been worn three times, or if it does it in the owner's domain, in the domain of the damp, of, of the person who's, who's, your ox comes into my domain and gores my ox, so you have to pay full, even if it's only the first time, because it happened in my domain. We'll see about that later. And the human being, all these people pay, you know, full amounts. So we get to Adam. So, so Shmuel says, we're going to say Adam later. So I don't want to think that Adam is up here in the first Mishnah. So release Niberesha. So now the Gemara says, okay, I get you, Shmuel, that you're saying Adam was down there and you didn't want to say it appeared in the earlier Mishnah, um, or you didn't have to say it appeared in the earlier Mishnah, but why didn't it appear in the earlier Mishnah? You know, it is one of the things you're high for. So he says very logically, okay, because no, the Mishnah is saying, you know, things that are your property that damage, not when you yourself damage. You personally damage, that's a conceptual different category. So Shmuel is making a very nice argument. I do not want to say Adam. We're going to get to Adam later. But the Adam is conceptually different from the cases in the Mishnah. But for Rav, you know, why would we try to read Adam above? Doesn't Adam appear later? No. When it says Adam later, it's not coming to introduce Adam as something you're high for. It's coming, that's a separate Mishnah that says, here are things that you always pay full amount from the very get-go, okay? But it's not coming to newly introduce a category. And yes, Adam appeared at a beginning in the list of Avos Nezikin, it's one of the Avos Nezikin, and it'll be restated later when we list things that you're high fully. That's a very simple answer. The real point is, is, is Shmuel's question that Adam is conceptually different. So let's take a look. My lohare hachikamar. Now, here, what, is, what do you do with the lohare? Right, this is, uh, I mentioned this earlier, right? This is like, it's easier for Shmuel to think about the strength of Shane versus the strength of Karen or versus the strength of Regal. Each one has its own unique strength. But Adam, you would think you're like always higher for. So what's the, you know, what's, what, what's the reason that if I had just told, the Torah just told me, sure, I would not have been able to know that you're higher for Adam. Hachikamar, here's what it says. There's one way in which sure is chayefor more than your chayef by Adam. Right? So maybe they're about its characteristics. Before we're talking about its characteristics, okay, maybe in terms of, maybe there there's nothing that's stronger about a sure than about a human being. Um, but, but, but there is something about the demands the term makes. When an animal gores a human being, um, if it has done it three times, if it's a muad, then, it, then it's going to pay, and it kills the person, it pays kofar, pays a type of, in kofar you shot a love, an atonement payment. That never exists by a human who kills a human being. A human who kills a human being, whether intentionally or unintentionally, that's always dealt with as a case of murder or manslaughter. The concept that there should be a payment for that is fundamentally like excluded from that case. There's no concept of kofar. So therefore, now you could say because it's weightier, there's no concept of kofar. Kofar is a sort of is an atonement and gets you off of the weighty sense that this life was destroyed because of your animal, so you pay a kofar for it. Whereas by human being, there's no kofar because you have to either get executed or go into gullus or whatever the case might be. But nevertheless, the Gemara says it's a way in which shore is weightier. At least the, the payments of shore exist in a way that it doesn't for Adam. So if the Torah just said that a shor yer I wouldn't have known yer for an Adam for damage.
damages because there's ways in which the Torah makes greater demands on payments for a shore than it does on an Adam. And while we're talking now about, about, about payments rather than about characteristics, um, you know, if it had said that Adam is Chayev, I wouldn't have known that Shor is Chayev. I mean, number one, in terms of characteristics, Adam, you did it yourself. But again, we're focusing here on payments. So you want to talk about payments, fine. By a human who, 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 who wounds another human, um, you pay not only the Damage, you know, nezek, but you pay tsar, repo, shevis, boshes, you pay for, you know, the, the, the doctor's bills and the embarrassment and the pain and the loss of work. So, therefore, there are ways in which payments of when a human does the damage to another human is more weighty than when an ox does it. Okay, so if it had just said one, I wouldn't have known the other because each one has a type of a payment that doesn't exist by the other. So, I could have assumed that because you're chayyab by one, you're chayyab by the other. So, it had to say both. Um, okay, that they have a propensity to damage. Now, and, the, and you know, and Shmirasan Alech, etc., etc. So that's how we're now reading the Mishnah. But we've introduced Adam, and they both have Ruachayim, and that's the opening of the Mishnah, and they're dark on Lahazik. But now the Gemara says a very important question. Is sure it's way to damage? Now, presumably, it's asking this because of the Karen. Remember, for Rav, sure is Karen, Shane, and Regal. It didn't ask this for Shmuel. Shmuel managed to get Karen in, not in the Mishnah. Okay, but for Rav, that it's Karen, uh, you know, that's not dark or Lahazik. That's uh, unusual the first three times. It's why you only pay half. So the Gemara says, Bemuad. Okay, but yes, when it's been worn three times, now, now it's the, it's clear that it's developed this propensity. which is a uh, an amazing question of the Gemara. You know, even if it's done it three times, still for an animal to gore is a very unusual thing. It's not dark alahazik, right? The Gemara is now assuming that maybe if it did it three times, maybe you, the owner, have greater negligence, or you know, maybe I don't know. It's something we got to make you pay. You know, despite the fact that it's unusual. But somehow it's assuming that doing it three times does not yet mean that it's a normal thing, that it's dark olahazik. Um, so Moshe says, yes, keeping the yayit or once it's been warned and it's happened three times, that's normal. So now we're really seeing what's so nice about Shemuel's read. By excluding Adam, that's conceptually different. And by, based on Rav's read of Shemuel, uh, not Rav, Rav's read of Shemuel, that we're excluding Karen, it means Karen might be a completely different category. It's not dark olahazik. Maybe there's not so much negligence. Even if you pay full, maybe it's not dark Olahavik, the Gabar thinks the possibility. So for Shmuel, he's able to say there are very different categories. There's the classic things that are dark Olahazik, then there's Karen, then there's Adam when you do it yourself. Rav puts everything in the Mishnah, which means A, we have to look at Karen as dark Olahazik, at least by the time it's a Muad. But now we have to also discuss Adam. Is Adam conceptually the same obligation as when your ox goes out, as when you yourself damage? So let's take a look. So the Gemara says like this, Adam Darko Lahazik, and is a person, are you normally go around and do damage? Like, you know, your animals, if you don't watch them, they'll go and they'll eat other people's food or whatever. But human beings don't normally go about and create damage. So the Gemara says, be Yashin, yes, if he's sleeping. So if you're sleeping, you'll bang into things. Yashin Darko Lahazik? So the Gemara still questions that. Really? Is that really normal? So he says, yes, Kivan the Kaifa Pajit or 
Yes, if you're, when you're stretching out and you're moving around in your sleep, you can bang things. You know, you're so, you're, so yes, there is a propensity to do damage when you're asleep. All right. So now the Gemara says, Vishmirasan Alecha. So now, but the Gemara doesn't, the mission doesn't say, Darkan Lahazik, Vishmirasan Lahazik. The next phrase that characterizes it is, Shmirasan Alecha. Vishmirasan Alecha. Adam Shmiras Gufalav. The Gemara says, What do you mean? It's not like, you know, it's not like, it's something else that you have a responsibility. Not like you have a responsibility to watch somebody else. Shmirasan Alecha means it's something separate from you that you have a responsibility to watch. If you're talking about a human being, it should have said, you have your responsibility to watch yourself. So that should have been the phrase, not Shmirasan Alecha, it should have been Shmirat Gufalav, you're responsible to yourself. So the Gemara says, okay, but wait a minute, we've got a bright that Karna teaches, that Arbavos Nizikim Vadam Echabehem says Arbavos Nizikim explicitly lists Adam, and he says and Adam Shmiras Kufa Alav, and the same and who and the same and the same question could be asked. What does it mean Shmiras and Alecha? So you're blaming me, says Rav, that I introduced Adam and the phrase Shmiras and Alecha doesn't work. Karna explicitly has a brighter that says Adam, and the same question should be raised. It should have said Shmiras Kufa Alav. So the Gemara says, Ella but like Rabbi Yavau taught that Tana who taught Adam in the Mishnah, he says, when you get to Adam, don't describe it as Shemirasan Alecha. There, for watching them is on you, meaning it's a, that the, the, the thing is separate from you. When you talk about Adam, you should say, you're watching your own self is your responsibility. That's how you should articulate what it is by an Adam. Top of Dalai Amit Bet. So, hachanami adam shmiras gufa love. So, we'll say the same here in our Mishnah. Yes, our Mishnah, when it says the tzad hashavashabahan, it says shmirasan alecha, but that's a phrase that works by everything other than adam. Adam, if we were to describe Adam, we would say, you're what, responsible for yourself. So it's true, the phrase doesn't exactly describe Adam, it describes the other things that are separate from you. And by Adam, if we're talking about Adam, we would tweak the phrase to mean you're responsible for yourself. Okay, but the really important thing here to appreciate is, besides the question of technically the phrase, is that Shmuel has allowed for Karen to not be about the classic Dark Olahazik and the negligence around Dark Olahazik, Karen could be its own path, and Adam certainly could be its own path. There could be a fundamental sense, you'd break it, you pay for it, it's not because you were negligent for watching yourself, right? So that phrase, Dark Olahazik and Mamoncha, your property, by the way, Tuzos points out, the Gemara doesn't ask Mamoncha here, which gets to the question of, is the word Mamoncha in the Mishnah? So that conceptual basis, that the reason to chive is, A, it's your property, B, you have a responsibility to watch it, you were negligent with that responsibility and therefore you pay, Shmuel says, I'm happy with that if we take off Karen and Adam. Those might be different tracks, okay? You know, Karen is your mamoncha, but it might not be um, dark Olahazik, it might be a different track, and Adam is certainly different. For Rav, who puts them in, he both has to say that Karen works in the same type of dark Olahazik, at least when it becomes a muad, and for the human being, that's particularly shocking. It's not like, you did it, you broke it, you paid for it. It's like, you are responsible to watch yourself, and if you didn't watch yourself, you have to pay because you were negligent with your responsibility. You know, um, similar to if you didn't watch your animal. And it's very strange to be putting those all together. That's what comes through Rav's read of, of Mave being Adam. Okay, now the Gemara says like this. So now we're just going to have some other possibilities of what the word Mave might mean. Maskif la Rav Mari. Rav Mari asks, um, the Ema Mave Zamayim, why not say Mave means water? 
Kedichsiv Kiktoach Eish Hamasim Mayim Tive Eish, like like the same way the you know the fire will uh, uh, burn and whatever you know cause things to melt. Water will also bubble, could be bubbled by the fire. Cause, you know, put out the fire and cause it to uh, the water to bubble. So the Gemara says Miksiv Mayim Nivu. So the Gemara says no, because the word Tive there, like which means like to Baabuot, which actually you know means like bubbles or whatever. That it's it's not the water is bubbling the fire. Mayim is plural. It would be Mayim Nivu. The fire is causing the water to bubble. So the water wouldn't be a mav'eh. Maskif la ravziv, ema mav'eh zeh ha'eish. Let's say mav'eh means fire, fine. So then it means the fire is bubbling the water. Let's say it means fire. The chiksiv tiveh ba'eish, the chiksiv, the tiveh goes by the fire. Yehachi says the Gemara, my ha'mav'eh the heaven. No, you can't say that because heaven means fire. So mav'eh is something else. V'chitei me'perushi kamefarish. And if you're saying it's explaining mav'eh, i.e. ever, yehachi arba, then it wouldn't be for shlosha ha've. You would be conflating mav'eh and hever. Um, no, sure maybe is includes two things. Maybe sure is I don't know Shane and you know you know you know for, you know Shane and Regel and Mava and Mav and Hever are one thing, which is H. So the Gemara says, But remember, the Mishnah said, compared Mava and Shor, and said that both of them are alive, but Aish isn't alive. And then it says, neither of these are like Aish. So clearly, Mava and Aish are different things. I mean, excuse me. Yeah, Mava and Aish are different things. Okay, now we are done with Mav and Hever, and really, it's been a very great first three daf of conceptually, what are the categories, where do they come from, what are their characteristics, and whether conceptually Karen and Adam should be seen of in the same category as the others. Okay, now we're going to have Bryce, uh, uh, that add to the list of four. Tani Rabbi Oshaya, Rabbi Oshaya taught in Bryce, Shloshis Rehavos Nesikim, 13. Um, and we're going to discuss tomorrow's daf, what the avos means. Not that they have tolados, avos is going to be for a different halacha, which we'll discuss tomorrow. What are the 13? So he's including all the shomrim, that when they're negligent, they have to pay, or when they, you know, or, or if they, um, if it got, you know, under certain circumstances, they have to pay. Um, sometimes even without negligence, by a shoel, even accidents you pay for, by a shomer socher and a socher, somebody who is paid to watch, or somebody who rents something, they pay for a geneva, even for geneva and van veda, even if it's stolen or lost, but they don't pay if it's a complete accident. Okay, so those are four, Shomer Chinam, the one who watches for free, who pays under all circumstances, Hashoel, the one who borrows, who, excuse me, Shomer Chinam, excuse me, one who watches for free, who only pays for negligence, Shoel is a borrower who pays for all circumstances, even for accidents, Nosei Sachar, Nosei Nose Sachar is the one that is paid to watch, a Sochar is somebody who rents, in those cases, they pay for even, um, you know, um, small negligence, um, like Neva Naveda, but they do not pay for full accidents, that's four, it's the um, tsar v'ripoy shevaz uboshes, and if an, a human wounds another human, in addition to paying nezek, which is adam amazet, you're also going to pay tsar pains that suffered, ripoy the healing, shevet the um, work that you that you were kept out of, and bojet the embarrassment. So we're now up to eight. Okay, the arba. Uh, I'm sorry, nezek. Excuse me, I skipped first. Nezek tsar v'ripoy shevaz uboshes. Okay, it starts with the, the nezek, the damages, because the mishnah might not include adam like. Like Rav, you know, like uh, Shmuel, and even if it includes Adam, like Rav, um, that's when a human damages pro- property. But if a human damages another human, the idea of paying nezek for the the damages for the wounds that itself is a separate category. So we've added nine to the Mishnah: the four shomrim and the five payments that 
you make for wounding another person. Okay, that's nine plus the four in the Mishnah. And again, just to say, if Mishnah included Adam, that was Adam that damaged property, a person that damages a person, we're going to include the, you know, th- that's a separate category and that has all those five payments. That's 13. Why did our Tana not list the, these? According to Shmuel, it's very easy. All of these are things that a human being is responsible for, either for damaging directly, wounding another human being, or for being negligent with property. Um, that is, and we're not talking about humans, we're talking about when your property damages. According to Rav, why did our, our Mishnah not include these? Because it says Adam, which includes all things humans can do, including the Shomrim and including damaging another person. Okay, according to Rabbi Yoshaya, you know, how would Rav explain Rabbi Yoshaya? Because Rabbi Yoshaya is a Tana. So how would Rav explain why, if the Mishnah said Adam, why did Rabbi Yoshaya feel it necessary to add these other categories? Weren't they included in the Adam of the Mishnah? So... Trey Gavne Adam, there are two types of Adam. Tana Adam da Azik Adam, but Tana Adam da Azik Sure. Okay, so, um, so, so first we're discussing the, you know, the second part about, which is what I was saying before about wounding. Yes, the Mishnah talks about Adam Amazik when, when a person damages property, but there's a totally different category. It's the eighth parak of this Masech at Hachovel, when a person damages another person and wounds them. That's Chavala, that's, you know, wounding, okay, and that has five payments not just one payment of damage, and therefore the Mishnah is limited to the, you know, humans damaging property, not humans damaging humans. That should be spent explicitly separately. Okay. Yahi says the Gemara, sure, Nami, listening Trey Gavne, sure, sure, listening sure does it, sure, listening sure does it, Adam. If we're going to distinguish, you know, when the object is damaged, is the thing being damaged a, uh, a prop, you know, a, a phys- like, like, like just a material object, or is it a human being? And therefore, we're going to list separately in the Brighta when a human damages another human. So why not list separately in the Brighta when an ox damages another human, right? If, if the mission is limited to when property is damaged, why not have another case of an ox, that when an ox that damages, you know, a human? So, hi, my, said the Gemara, what type of question is that? Adam 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 says, no, no, no. It's not just, you know, a technical question of is it, you know, property or a person. It's whether it really creates a different halachic category. When a human damages a property, that's considered mazik, you know, damaging property. And therefore, that's our Mishnah. When a human damages another human, that's called chavala, wounding. And that is a whole separate category of payment. You pay five things, damages plus four others, okay? And therefore, we're going to list it separately. It doesn't just happen to be different. It's a completely different category. Elashur, Mali Shur Dazik Shur, Mali Shur Dazik Adam. I divide in Nezakudimishalim, but when an ox scores, even if it scores a human, even though you know, there will be pain and suffering and being out of work and doctor's bills and all of that, but halachically, it's treated as property. Halachically, you just look at what was the damage and you pay the damage, and it's not conceptualized differently than an ox scoring property. So, therefore, the Mishnah says, when it says ox for Rav, it means whether an ox scores property or scores humans, it's all conceptually the same. You just look at it in terms of damages. But when it says Adam, 
Rabbi Shai is going to say that Adam in the Mishnah is the Adam that pays just damages when it damages property. It's the same way the ox always pays just damages. Everything in the Mishnah is when only thing is being paid is damages. So it's ox scoring property or people and the human destroying property. But we're going to list separately in the bright uh, human damaging a human. That's Chavala. That's when there's a whole other range of payments. Okay, so now the Gemara says one minute. So fine. The Mishnah case is limited to cases when it talks about person of a person damaging property. So why did Rabbi Shaya also have to list the Arba Shomrim? So then why list the four Shomrim? The four Shomrim aren't cases of a person damaging prop uh, are cases of a are cases of a person damaging property. So shouldn't that have already been included in the case in the Mishnah where it talks about an Adam Hamazik? So it says, Tani Hezekah to be a dime, but Tani Hezekah to be Melo. No, there's a big difference. The Mishnah is talking about a classic case of Mazik, right? That's why I assumed that when I read the four Shomim, probably you were saying, what is that doing in the list? That's not a case of damage. That's negligence and something else causes the damage and you're responsible. So that's what it's saying. Even for Rav that Adam is listed in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yoshaya needed to list his. Because in the Mishnah, we're talking about a person that damages directly, does an act of damaging property. Rabbi Shaya says, I want to point out that, you know, you could say Adam represents everything, but I want to point out that there are conceptually other categories of Adam. There's an Adam who damages a human being, that's called Chavala, that has these, all these special payments. And there's also an Adam that allows property, is negligent in the damage of property, and that's also going to be, that's the case of Shomrim, and that's also going to places where you're going to be Chayev. Now, the thing that should be noted is that in that case of Mimela, are we conceptualizing it as you know, a mazik. I mean, you know, arba avos nizikin. I mean, in a way, the from the perspective of the person who lost their property, it was a damage. My property was destroyed, and I want compensation. And maybe that's all we need to say here. Ways in which, you know, as an adam, you have to go ahead and pay because nezek occurred. But, but you know, do we conceptualize it that if you were negligent, same if I'm negligent with my ox and it gores you, we conceptualize it like I damaged you or my property did an act of damaging. If I'm negligent watching your, you know, you know, your, um, you know, you, you, know you, you, you gave me uh, your, your phone to watch and then something happened and it broke, is it like, because my negligence allowed that to happen, was it like I broke it? Now, you might be able to say that by pshia, real negligence. Would you say it by, if it got stolen, you know, and so on, and my negligence was minor? Would you say it even by a shoel who wasn't, who, even in case of a total accident, that we view it like he was lamazic? So that's not so clear. That's a very important question by Shomim. When Shomim pays, it because we conceptualize them as having been negligent and having done the act of damage. Um, and that's why it would be listed in the mazikim, you know, in, 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 this, in this list according to Rabbi Oshaya, or are we just saying that, you know, that no, these are cases of damaged property that was damaged and who has to pay? And that might be sort of what, you know, more what we are saying. Okay, we will see about more of this tomorrow.